0: You know the way it kind of goes to the back burner sometimes you mightn't believe in yourself enough and you're like, I always wanted to do it, but it never be, it never had, maybe you don't have the idea or I didn't have the, uh, although I built websites, it wasn't like the, you know, the the, the complicated coding part that I had um, studied. So it wasn't that I could go and just build an app or whatever. Um so it kind of got to the point where i have been working in the creative industry for a while in London and um, realized there that I had a few skills that I could, I could use to my advantage. And I actually ended up starting my first company with my mom.
1: Welcome to Behind The Stays, a podcast that shares the stories behind your favorite Airbnbs and the hosts who've made them memorable. Behind the Stays is brought to you by Spontaneous, a free weekly newsletter that brings you a carefully curated list of last minute deals and upcoming steals on Airbnb. Sign up at Sponstaneous.com. I'm your host, Zach Cruz. Enjoy the show. So a few months ago, my wife Gabby and I were staying at a quintessential beach cottage in San Diego. The home was about a mile from the beach, which was perfect biking distance. There was only one problem. The home didn't come with bikes and the nearest bike rental shop was fully committed throughout our stay. Now we really wanted bikes so much so that we actually asked our host if she knew anyone personally that we might be able to rent bikes from. Alas, she did not. But today I want to introduce you to a company who is solving for this very problem, Meet Mount a platform that enables STR hosts to transform their homes into full-fledged vacation experiences. Mount lets you rent just about anything to your guests. Bikes, scooters, golf carts, kayaks, and even private chefs and masseuses. With the simple scan of a QR code, guests can explore all of the rental amenities that you have to offer. Guests can browse, book, and access anything that you make available to them in a matter of seconds. Mount makes it easy for guests to access anything additional they might need during their stay and for hosts to increase their revenue per booking. Oh, and if you don't have a bike or a scooter to rent, no problem. Mount can provide one for you. Learn more about how you can earn more via your short-term rental with Mount or get started by listing your very first amenity at rentmount.com. And if you'd like your first month free, send an email to help at rentmount.com and mention Spontaneous. Again, that's help at rentmount.com. Com. In just a moment, you'll meet Vinny Breslin, founder of Uplisting, one of the industry's leading short-term rental software and channel management platforms. Vinny was born and raised in Ireland. If you were to stumble into his room as a young kid, you might find Vinny taking apart a computer or a radio. When he was 14 years old, he started building websites and was pleasantly surprised when he learned that people would actually pay him to do so. He went to school for civil engineering and after graduation started working for a SaaS startup building products and services for the travel industry. And it was during this season of his life where he started thinking about starting his own company in the hospitality management space. Tune in to hear the exciting story of how Vinny Breslin brought Uplisting to life and what his plans are for scaling the company in the future. All right, without further ado, get ready to meet Vinny. All right, sir, we are we are live. How are you doing today, Vinny? I'm good, Zach. Thank you. How are you? I'm doing well. I uh, I, honestly, this is like the highlight of my day. I've been like wanting to talk to you for a while, so this is a this is a real treat, man. Uh, Of course. (laughs) And I appreciate all all your uh, patience with my with my scheduling and issues and whatnot. Um, For those listening in, Vinny's been a very patient and very responsive uh, individual. I might add. We were just uh, talking about Hawaii because we were both there. So I I grew up there, but uh, I was there. I think like the week before you were Mm, uh, visiting some like friends friends and family and. If we had timed it better, man, we could have been doing this
0: interview at the beach. I don't know it was hard enough to plan anyway with like oh I got family and kids I, I, I flew my parents over from Ireland to look after my kids and my wife and I went to Hawaii and um, so yeah I don't it probably wouldn't have worked out but um, I'm glad we went it was lovely. <laughs> well that's great to hear man Um, well to, to kick us off one of my favorite questions to
1: ask folks who come on the show is if I were to crash a cocktail party or a, a dinner party with some of your close family and friends and if I were to you know pull somebody aside and say all right give me give me like the real scoop on vinny like what what is he really like what what do you imagine that they might say or is there is there a story that they might tell about you
0: Ooh, story i think i think like excluding all of the profanities um i think we'd uh i, I asked my wife this actually this morning what would people say um i think uh my friends would say i'm um, relaxed very easygoing. going don't really get stressed much um don't let much get under my skin uh, i think they would say i'm pretty fair always give give somebody the benefit, benefit of the doubt um that i'm a supporter love seeing people do well hmm. uh i think they'd say i'm not the uh i don't feel i need to be the loudest in the room um but have a good sense of humor and uh enjoy the the crack as you'd say in ireland uh, nice were you uh were you born and raised in ireland yeah, yeah, born and raised in Ireland, in uh, the northwest, in a place called Donegal.
1: Okay, okay. Where is that in relation to like Dublin or Galway, which are the only two places I know? In Ireland? That's, yeah, that's fair enough.
0: North of Galway, north um, of Galway, so say on, on that coast, but um, maybe about two hours from Galway and uh, three and a half hours from Dublin. Uh, okay, and you're in. There north. I mean, you're in New York City now, right? Yeah, based in New York. Uh, my, my my wife and I moved to London um, about. Uh, geez, maybe 15 years ago. We were, we were in London for about 10 years and then we moved to New York in 2018. Okay. And what inspired that move? I uh, kind of uh, always wanted to be here for a few reasons. I think it's really, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a special place to be for uh, building a company um, it's uh, something that we've you know when you're not from the States you kind of you're watching American movies and you know everything else is like that seems pretty cool um, <laughs> but the, so we, we've been trying to get here for a while and then my wife's a journalist um, she works or at the time she worked for the Financial Times um, and they had a rule come up here in the in, in New York so we um, used that I guess as our kind of trigger and uh, moved over
1: Wow okay
0: that's incredible I mean so from
1: uh, Ireland to London to New York um, that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a cool move man where are you going to yeah. go next, San
0: Fran? You're gonna, you know, keep going west. <laughs> I don't know. I think I don't know if you can get much better than New York, um, in my opinion. So it's like, uh, if we were to move somewhere else, I think it'd be maybe for a quieter life. I think we've kind of chased the big cities and uh, enjoyed the, you know, what they have to offer. But we have a lovely life here in New York. We got two kids. We're in the East Village, um, living in an area with lots of families. A great community. Uh, I don't think we can get much better. Um, yeah. At the moment. Yeah,
1: yeah. That's awesome. So what did you what did you like want to be when you grew up? Like if someone were to ask Vinny as like a ten year old, Vinny, what do you want to be when you grow up? What what would you have said?
0: Uh I think like I, I guess you can kind of describe um me as a bit of a nerd growing up uh love computers um loved understanding how things worked uh, like my room was constantly scattered with broken radios and phones and any piece of technology i could rip apart and see how it worked just to get the inner understandings of it um so all i wanted to do really and i, I think was like i don't know around problem solving just something that was uh challenging enjoyable um i I ended up doing engineering, but uh, like civil engineering, sort of what I did in university. Um, But before that, I was building websites and like actually getting paid for building websites when I was, you know, 14. It was like a real obsession, I would say, up all night kind of building. And, you know, this new internet thing kind of came along as I hit my teens. So um, that was fascinating. Do you remember the first website that you built that you got, like, paid to build? <laughs> yeah, we built so many websites. But uh, the first one was actually for our local, um, I don't know what it's called in the U.S., but a county council is what it was called in Ireland. It was, uh, um, like, the, the the body who kind of, you know, does the water and, uh, ta- you know, um, planning permission, all yeah. that kind of stuff, whatever it okay. is. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we built a website built a website for them that was the the first one
1: wow okay fascinating man well this is great yeah. so so you went to university and you studied civil engineering what did you do yeah. right after school
0: after school, I moved, so I studied in Cardiff, which is uh, the, in Wales, capital city of Wales. It's a really good engineering school. So I went there. My mom was Welsh, so I had a lot of family there and kind of wanted to get as far away from uh, my small town as I possibly could at the time when I was, you know, turning 18. Um, so I studied uh, engineering. I then moved to Dublin and I was in Dublin for a few years where I worked as a, an engineer, okay. um, as a student engineer. Um, didn't really enjoy it too much. You know, it was a great job, really well, you know, paid for somebody coming to university but it wasn't um I think the way I describe it is it's uh, you're building a small part of a very big thing and it takes years and years for it to actually be you know to be realized and to yeah. be to be real um so I moved to London did a I did a master's in London in sustainable energy so more kind of mechanical um but uh, it was kind of at the height of a recession at the time so we I ended up working kind of falling back on my hobby which was websites and being a bit more creative so I joined a digital agency in in london in soho kind of learned a lot in there and how cool it was to work in you know a re- com- comparing engineering office to a, a digital creative office was like night and day so i love that um and then i started working in that in, in in the more creative space then from from there in london
1: yeah yeah I bet that was like a culture shock right you're with a bunch Massive. of engineers and now you're with a bunch of like creative like marketers um yeah <laughs> totally yeah, exactly. totally different scenes so um at what point do you get like bit by the the entrepreneurship bug like did you did you when it sounds like you were like always a tinkerer you were always like yeah you know thinking about ways to like make money you were making money online by building these websites mm-hmm. you know earlier than many people so part of it maybe was just always with you but like at what point did you feel like the courage to be like no no no, maybe maybe i maybe i do have what it takes to to build my own yeah. company
0: yeah good question i think it's, it, it's always been part of me so i like you know when you're when you're younger and you're kind of ripping cds and well this is this show my age a bit but like selling cds and uh you know maybe some other other things that you shouldn't be doing to do a bit of a side hustle um i was always (laughs) doing that kind of thing um just because it was fun and you know there's a bit of a it's just a bit of a bit of enjoyment um but i actually got i got it from my mom my mom was um she was a teacher at when i was kind of growing up in in, uh, in in secondary school where i went to secondary school but um she'd had lots of like side hustles as you call it now it wasn't called a side hustle back then but um she was a dressmaker a clothesmaker. she'd sell her her products she really she really encouraged um that side of me and um So when I was really, when I was 13, I won uh, Young Entrepreneur of the Year in Ireland. So it was, it was kind of a thing that would always been, been there with a lot of her encouragement and a lot of her, my my both parents, of course, their help. Um, Then it it kind of, you know, the way it kind of goes to the back burner. Sometimes you mightn't believe in yourself enough and you're like, I always wanted to do it, but it never, it never had, maybe you don't have the idea or I didn't have the, uh although i I built websites it wasn't like the you know the 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 complicated coding part that i had um, studied so it wasn't that i could go and just build an app or whatever um so it kind of got to the point where i've been working in the creative industry for a while in london and um realized there that i had a few skills that i could i I could use to my advantage and i actually ended up starting my first company with my mom with your Um, mom yeah yeah um and what was that company was Was it it based
1: off of her like was it was it in retail like like fashion like clothing or Uh, what
0: no, so she did her fashion stuff, but she also was, she's a, she's a fantastic baker. Um, oh, so really? She, she had a cookery school. Um, she built, like she, she kind of worked for her dream where she uh, was a teacher and my parents had up all her money and built this guest house and cookery school in, in Ireland when I kind of, I'd left, co- I'd left for college at that point, but they kind of followed that dream. Um, so she had a cookery school in Ireland. She was teaching uh, a lot of the local families how to meal plan and uh, provide healthy meals for their wow. families on, on and sometimes on a budget, you know, that kind of thing, just making making it, it possible. Possible, you don't know, have to have takeaways or um ready-made meals and you know it's hard for families as i'm very aware of now as a, a father of two um so the idea she built this um uh recipe planner effectively on paper um and we put it online we made an app out of it and uh that was the, you know, the learning curve of starting a business in technology and wow. um, trying to build it. We raised investment, um, learned a lot. Uh, in the end, it didn't, it didn't work out, unfortunately. Um, it's, it's a great idea. What was it the name? Sorry, what was the name of it? Uh, so my mom was called Shan, which is like a Welsh name, Shan. Shan. And it was called Shan, Shan's Plan.
1: Shan's Plan. Okay, that's cool. That's, that's yeah. awesome, man. Wow, yeah, dude, yeah. what a, I mean, what an incredible opportunity. How many sons get to work like on business with, you know mm-hmm. in business with yeah. with their mother like let alone their like a parent like that must have been like challenging at times also because you probably like i don't know i don't know too much about your mother i actually don't know yeah. anything about your mother but like i'd imagine like the the y- you know stuff like you're like no mom like this is this is how you build this thing like this is yeah. this is what work you've dabbled in creative uh creative stuff already and then she probably yeah. also had really strong opinions of how things should be positioned or thought uh, you know thought about or yeah. and or talked about so what, what was that dynamic like
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, it was, I think we got, we got on really well, so it wasn't, um, wasn't too much conflict. It's challenging though. It is, I think it is challenging having a family business and, um, working with people in that way where you can't really, there's so many positives because there's like absolute loyalty and, you know, we're always going to reach an agreement at some point. Um, but there's also challenges, um, but for the most part, really enjoyable, um, experience i
1: would say yeah it's funny i so my wife and i the business we're building is is spontaneous and i'm like one of those people that's like all right let's just ship sort of like a half-baked you know product let's Mm. see how people respond and then like if people care enough about it like let's like make it better she's Mm. in the mindset that "No, no 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 like you it's got to be first impressions are everything right like you've got it you, yeah. it's got to be like next to perfect before before we send it out or whatever and that yeah. that sort of dynamic alone alone a lot of other things has been really difficult to like to like yeah, work yeah. out and, and work through so of course, um, i just i have grown in respect for people that like go into business with loved ones because it's hard yeah. it's hard it can oh, be great, totally but it's hard
0: totally i said afterwards and it wasn't because we weren't um I, I said I, once the business we didn't we didn't go any further. We're like I'm never working with family again, and it was not because we didn't get on or anything. It was just it was that it was challenging and it kind of takes over your family life as well. It's not just like you're always talking about the business yeah. and what's going on and what's not. Going, you know what, what we should be doing. It's like we don't actually just get to chill out and hang out together and you know go for a meal and you know that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, wow, yeah, it is. All but I, I, so I said that I said that, and now I do. My my two brothers are working with us on all this. Time. Oh no so, way. So, yeah, I kind of. Uh, it's uh, it's come back, but uh, it's it's working well. Well, speaking of
1: uplisting, um, what is the what's the founding story there? So, at what point in time do you so Sean's plan? Uh, Sean's plan, sorry, that's uh, d- d- all good, and ends yeah. up not working super w- well. Um, yeah. At the end of the day, is is uplisting kind of your your next big idea, or, or what, what's what happens between between the close of that business and and the founding yeah. of uplisting?
0: Yeah, well, along with not working with family, I also said I'm never going to have a business again because it was uh, so stressful. And the, the one of the, one of the most stressful things was that we raised, we did crowdfunding, okay, and we raised a lot of mo- well, significant amount of money um, through crowdfunding. And once the business didn't succeed, the the overwhelming like, guilt and just disappointment that I had p- purely for the crowd investors was just, it was just too much. It took me a, while, it took me a long time to get over it, actually. Yeah. Um, but uh, after that happened, I ended up working, I went to, to so i learned lots of experience. I ended up getting a uh, kind of a general manager role or um, I led this company that was within... A company that was an airbnb competitor called housetrip Um, so housetrip are based in london okay um they started around the same time as airbnb they'd raised maybe 80 million dollars something like that a significant amount whereas um but uh, airbnb had raised hundreds of millions so there was uh, a quite a big difference and um, hearts were quite big in europe they were doing pretty well and um, just could not compete with uh, with airbnb so i was brought in to run a company um which would have, which eventually would become um the idea of uplisting effectively so it was a uh, were like look we can't compete with airbnb let's think of different business models um there was no software doing the back end like the b2b managing properties perspective okay really there's quite a few now there wasn't that many or there was none that were like focused on short-term rentals at least at that time um so i ran a company and built a company uh, similar to uplisting within within house trip um spent Hundreds of hours talking to all of our hosts. So we had you know tens of thousands of hosts on house trip, and I was just on on Skype calls all day long. We didn't have a Zoom back like <laughs> then, um, and uh, you know doing product development and research, and uh, eventually building um, a product. Uh, then uh house trip got sold, uh, and the company I ran got sold to TripAdvisor, and TripAdvisor weren't that keen on what we were building. Uh, okay, so they uh, we they um. Primarily wanted house trip for the inventory. That was the main the main reason. Um, so we uh, we myself and two of the other um, guys that were working on that project left uh, Tripadvisor then and started uh, uplisting from scratch.
1: Wow. Okay. And so we're going to dive into all things uplisting here in just a second but like what's what's the like the the shark tank pitch for for uplisting i'm sure many of the people tuning into this conversation have heard of uplisting at this at this juncture but just for those who haven't and or mm-hmm. for those who might have heard of it but don't ex- exactly understand you know how you might compare to some of these some of the others in the space like what's your what's your pitch for uplisting
0: yeah Uplisting is property. It's a property and channel management software built specifically for growing short-term rental businesses. Uh, so we exist to help um, short-term rental businesses grow effectively. Um, and uh, you know, if we were to boil down what we do, we help them um, list across multiple booking sites to increase revenues um, and put their business on autopilot. So we have lots of features that um, automate things like automated guest messaging, cleaning scheduling, uh, rental agreements, um, direct booking websites, and, and lots more. Yeah. Wow. Very succinct. Great. I like
1: it. So um, talk to us a little bit about what the zero to sort of like zero, zero to one kind of like phase looked like of, of uplisting. Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're so you have this idea. You're, you're kind of working on a similar project already. You end up leaving after the TripAdvisor um, acquisition. Yeah. You decide to go do this thing like. What, what was like the opportunity that you guys really saw that like wasn't being met in in the marketplace and or maybe you saw opportunity being met, but you had you had a slight spin on it that you thought like would would make it better, would make it mm-hmm. better? Because this is I mean, again, you, you've gone through a couple uh, you, you, you have some battle scars, right? Like you've, you've worked really hard, you've built things. You know, the first one didn't pan out so well. The second one was good learning experience, but didn't didn't maybe love the ending to that particular chapter, right? Like, what yeah. was it about the idea that gave you the the guts to to
0: pursue it like full time? Yeah, um, good question. So, there, I mean, there's lots. There's a few reasons. Um, it was clear that there was there was a need for a product based on all the conversations I had. Um, that was number one, I think. Um, secondly, it's in the it's the B two B SaaS. Yeah. Uh, which is, I think, um, much. I'm not going to say easier, but it um, easier in some ways than consumer, um, which is what the previous one was, and that was you know ex- extremely difficult to build a brand and um, get a huge user base of you know tens of thousands of people to you know paying maybe five dollars a month or not paying at all, whatever it was. It's a it's different um, challenge, and so seeing, seeing that there was a uh, a need for a solution people were making money they could pay for the solution um the, i think those are the two those are the biggest um the, the biggest factors in, in, in us believing that there was a, a need for what, we're, what we were building
1: and at the time were there other pmss or, and channel managers that were like well known or like are you know the ones that we could all you know talk about today like are were, were they in the game or, or not quite yet
0: not not really i think um maybe maybe Guesty were a couple of years in at that point but they were they started off and it's what you'll see across software that yeah. we're competing with is uh it's a property management company yeah. who have uh got to, you know hundred or so properties and are like oh, this technology is pretty good because sell it so they spin it up and, and sell it as a software and most of them are not you know, don't do that very well. Cause it's, it's not easy to scale software like that. Um, but I think Guesty were probably one of the first to be exclusively short mental focused. Um, there were a few others maybe in their infancy, but there definitely wasn't a, um, and I don't think the, I, I still, I, I think there still isn't a, a leader in the, in the space. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I would agree. I feel like there are, you're, there are several
1: players, but it's also, it, it is very hard, even from like, um, uh, you know, my perspective to, 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 you know, tout the industry leader or the category mm-hmm. leader so um yeah which is which is great for you also talk to us about uh, w- what it's been like to to build this company like what are what are some of the more maybe unexpected things that folks um who've never built something like like uplisting mm-hmm. might yeah. might not realize good good things and or bad things like some of the the battle scars additional battle scars but then also some of the, some of the like real wins and joys that have come from building uplisting
0: yeah um we I think first of all, just to frame it, we've self-funded uplisting up Up until very recently. It was all um, self-funded. We all had jobs for the first few years and we were building up this thing on the side Wow! um, because of our experiences previously with, um, you know, uh, VC-backed companies were like let's just build this ourselves get to the point where we have 20-30k in revenue monthly revenue and then maybe raise investment or, or do something that was our plan always um, so it was uh, you know slow and steady kind of evenings weekends um uh, launch times and and so on kind of working on this project. So the, um, we, we launched up this thing very, with a very, very basic, you're talking about like bare bones, um, as opposed to your wife, we, we definitely went bare bones um, initially. <laughs> um, cause it was functional though. There's differences. It definitely, you know, I can, I can take her point as well. There's, sure. Uh, sure. It, it was functional from, uh, it helps. Right. So it was an iCal syncing calendar effectively okay. that, yeah. um, you know i think we got our first customer maybe within 6 months of launching and they're paying like 10 dollars a month and uh they had one property in canada and you know that 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 alone is a huge um uh you know positive you get the first customer it's just unbelievable you'll ne- you'll, you'll never experience that again it's just that one that first person to actually enter their credit card information and pay if your product is unbelievable Yeah. Um, and we kind of built it from there and very quickly we realized that Airbnb was critical. So we were doing AI Cal. Airbnb um, never had an open api that, that came along much later uh, so probably something that people wouldn't be aware of um was that we we reverse engineered the airbnb mobile app and uh built and integrated into that effectively huh. and that was um that was quite challenging um i wouldn't uh recommend doing that uh, again uh, just because uh, you know there's there's certain challenges with it but um that was what we did we had to do that because Airbnb didn't have anything so once we um reverse engineered Airbnb API and we could start sending messages and, uh, you know, syncing bookings effectively and having all of the different data points for the bookings and um, syncing, you know, minstay requirements, all that kind of stuff um, was a total game changer. That's when we kind of got a lot of traction. So uh, it was a really important part of what we did. Um, and then just growing, we really focused on the growing short of the the growing property manager that was has always been our focus. We hmm. uh, for lots of reasons, but like one reason is you don't need that many of them to have a, a successful business. Yeah. Um. It makes more sense for us to target those than to target somebody with one property or two properties um, <laughs> who are not going to pay as much and have widely different feature sets um, and requirements um, which which is quite surprising so really um focusing in on our target user um allowed us to build really valuable features for them yeah. um and you know as we build features for our own for our users who are like you know our evangelists or early adopters um then we started to bring in more and more and we, we kind of just grew our, our number of property like our average property size from one or two up to you know where it is where it is today and when you
1: when you talk about like the growing property manager as a as a, like a customer segment yeah how, how how are you all defining that like someone that manages what 10 15 20 properties or like what how, how do you guys think about that?
0: Yeah, I think it's very hard to actually uh, categorize it as a number yeah. of properties. Um, it's very often somebody with two properties who who knows that they're going to build, uh, you know, a 30, 40, 100 um, property business. So we definitely don't um, exclude certain property size sizes we kind of we have a price point where um it's most valuable if you have five or more properties to use uplisting okay. um again it just kind of narrows the focus on somebody who who sees the value in software like uplisting and um again it's not that smaller customer who's not going to uh you know have as much uh, impact on our revenue and um more, more more likely be very heavy in customer support and um, so we're kind yeah. of looking at that person who, who maybe has an idea of what they're doing they're um, being educated elsewhere they they um they know they just need software to optimize things and that's kind of how we determine a growing property manager it's not like on property size per se yeah,
1: yeah yeah i'm struck by what you said earlier too from your positioning around like being focused on building solutions for short-term rental businesses and helping short-term rental businesses grow and i feel like that that um that designation in and of itself kind of excludes like the the hosts who have like their guest house in their backyard that's like uh, yep. that they rent out right and it might be beautiful it might be like an Instagram worthy like guest house but yep. they're, they're not necessarily seeing this as a business like they're not they're not trying to grow per se they're they're yep. happy to increase their you know nightly occupancy and, and and maybe their price you know every every six to twelve months but then outside of that like they're not they're not trying to grow by two three properties a year whatever it might be. You're a kick-ass Airbnb host. In fact, you've done such a great job at marketing your short-term rental on Instagram that you're pretty much entirely booked for the next six to 12 months. And while it doesn't happen regularly, every so often there's a cancellation or just one random three-night window of availability in the middle of the week. Now, posting about the fact that you've had a cancellation or that you've got just three nights left in February on your Instagram story is a great start, but what if you could automatically notify interested guests the second a cancellation comes through? And that's where Ping comes in. Ping makes it easy for guests to be notified when their favorite Airbnbs become available. Ping is a simple widget that lives on your website, or your direct booking site, and integrates with your Airbnb listing, and allows your fans and followers to sign up to be notified if their preferred dates become available. Here's how it works. Jimmy sees that you're booked for the whole month of October, but he wants to be notified if any three-night window in the month becomes available. Jen is a returning guest and wants to be notified if any week in June, July, or August becomes available. In a matter of seconds, Jimmy and Jen fill out the simple form and will be pinged if their requested dates become available. And as a host, you will immediately get pinged via email with Jimmy and Jen's contact information and requested dates, which allows you to build up your own database of guest email addresses. Ping. It's what the best Airbnb hosts use to maximize bookings. Sign up for free at www.bnbping.com. Ping. Brought to you by spontaneous on that note like what are what are some interesting things you've been you've been in the industry for a little while now like how have you just seen the industry evolve like what are what are a couple of things that like either surprise you and or that are are you know that have piqued your interest especially right now
0: um yeah I would say like we've kind of I I, I compare up this thing and building a software company to it's very similar to building a shorter mental management company as well, mm. whether you're investing in properties or managing properties on behalf of somebody else or doing the rent to rent kind of arbitrage. Um, we're still, go- we're all going through the same challenges trying to grow a business from nothing and have, uh, you know, we're evolving this constantly, these different changes in our, you know, business growth. Uh, so I think it's been really interesting and enjoyable to grow with our members and see when they hit a roadblock, how we can solve their problems. So thinking about like one of our, um, one of our largest customers has around nearly 300 properties. They they joined up listing maybe probably four years ago with okay. seven properties. Jeez! And like we have a really close relationship. We're always so I was just texting them before I came on this call with you. Um, so just having the you know understanding what their challenges are as they go from managing seven properties to um, having to do things like client statements, accounting. Um, they're doing reporting, all this stuff like insights, um, analytics. You know, as and we're building all of these features to allow them to do that. Uh, it's been, it's, it's, it's an interesting um, to grow along with the industry. I think that's yeah. that, that, that's my point. It's, it's kind of, a, it's been enjoyable. Um, but what we're seeing like now, um, I, I've, the industry's been around for, for quite a while. And if, if we're looking back to, you know, um, cottage rentals in the UK, they've been going for decades, you know, it's not, it's not that new, although Airbnb has had a whole new spin on it. And I think, um, from the Airbnb, the newer short-term rental perspective, we're still quite, you know, we're, we're still in infancy, I think. Um, so I think there's, there's a lot more opportunity, um, that I'm, you know, that we're going to see. And I'm really excited to see what the the future holds. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be
1: curious on your perspective. So one of the things I'm seeing a lot and, and folks that kind of come on this show talk about is, is not necessarily this like abandoning of Airbnb, right? They're just, they're still a huge, huge driver of bookings, typically like the, the number one driver of bookings. But I do feel like there's more conversation around, um, being very thoughtful about building up direct bookings and Mm -hmm. being intentional about building uh, a solid brand for your collection of properties so that you you aren't so reliant on on airbnb right yeah yeah but i i I can't tell if this is just like are these just the the few and far between folks that are really thinking about this like critically are these people that have a financial incentive to encourage people to think this way and or Mm -hmm. like like have you noticed over the past couple years in particular that no, no no this is this is like a trend and it's it's probably here to stay what do you what do you think about that
0: yeah, yeah. First of all, I I think be do an absolutely fantastic job. They've um, done so much for this industry. They've yeah. built a you know a product. It's, it's it's unbelievable, and they they do it really well. And there's obviously there's going to be people, uh, all of us who are hosts, and know some of their policies and and everything else. But what they do for the consumer side, um, uh, which then allows us to book our properties, is I think they've done a fantastic job. Um, saying that, uh, you sh- the direct booking trend is something that I think any Business who wants any any short-term rental business that um, wants to be sustainable and grow revenue over the next few years must have a direct booking strategy it's a it's a total no-brainer from a revenue perspective and how much money that you can how much money you can you can make uh, from direct bookings so um, definitely it's a trend here to stay it was accelerated during the pandemic so um, we at the very start of the pandemic we built a direct booking engine like a a really simple click and play um, nicely designed focused on converting guests into bookers effectively what we provided what we provide Uh, so in the first year in 2020 we did around two and a half million dollars in direct bookings revenue wow. for our members last year 2021 was f- over 14 million wow um, and this year will be over 30 um, so there's huge yeah yeah. It's, it's huge growth rate and as people just become more aware of um how easy it is to do direct bookings. And there's all just there's the, there's the constant concerns around things like insurance. And you know, Airbnb have this host policy and all that kind of stuff. You can replicate all of that outside of Airbnb um, without too much difficulty. There's 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 great services out there. Um, like within Uplisting, for example, we have rental agreements that the guests can sign, we can take security deposits. Um, we have guest identification, so we can verify the guests who they say they are. Um, and then there's lots of other third-party solutions that and go even further than that um that can you know that that guests and so on so i think um we'll, we'll definitely see direct bookings continue to grow and it, it really is critical especially when you think about you need to build your brand outside of you know airbnb you can't just be discovered in airbnb consistently especially as we're going to see the market saturate you really need to stand out and the only way you can do that is with the brand and um you know targeting your niche and, and everything else and once you have that it makes so much sense just to have direct bookings as well yeah i'm struck by just how how many people i see
1: creating like instagram followings for for their instagram accounts for their respective uh short-term rentals and or their brand and just seeing yeah. the incredible growth on on yeah. instagram and if if you've got a you know instagram with thirty thousand followers for your property and mm-hmm. your link in your bio is still the Airbnb listing link, like, there's, there's something off, there's something <laughs> that's, off, yeah. man. Like, that's a, that is a missed opportunity. Um, but that said, I like and I'd also like your thoughts on this. Obviously, uh, more sophisticated property managers know this, and, you know, the the bigger brands uh, in the space are, are encouraging their, their, either they're doing it on behalf of their clients, on mm-hmm. behalf of the people that list with them, and or they're encouraging the, their listers to do this. Um, I, I still feel like your average, like, Even like your smart, savvy, like builders, I'm surprised that you've got two, three properties and and you're not active on social and or you haven't built like even like a simple, beautiful looking like website, like a like a Squarespace site. Like I, I feel like it is there are still just these huge gaps some of these hosts have websites but they look like they were built in like the 90s or like they're really mm-hmm. li- really really crappy and so yeah i guess like what opportunity like how, how are you guys thinking about that for for uplisting customers and or what opportunity do you see in terms of the the, the building of like these branded moats so to speak for yeah. for short-term
0: rental hosts yeah i think there's uh, that's part of the opportunity i think there's. Um, there's so much room for growth within this industry It's just, um, you know, whether it's building a brand or having a website and just, of course down to education, you have to understand how to build a brand. And um, if you're not coming into it in that background, then it's, it's challenging. Um, so you'll see people who are, you know, who can build a brand coming in and that's their expertise and yeah. doing amazingly well. Uh, so you need to, you obviously need to find somebody who can help you do that and um, the photography and just everything that comes along with that is uh, you can't, uh you, know, you can't necessarily do that yourself you, you need to bring in help to do it and you would have to invest in that um which is the important thing and um, so we, i think we had um uh our mutual we, you had hinter on your podcast recently and yeah. they're one of our, one of our members and um just seeing what they what they're doing with a small number of properties is is phenomenal on their instagram followings and it, it's just uh, they do they do they do it very very well yeah they're, they're a great example and i mm. feel like um
1: doesn't uh Isaac French is a member too. Yeah. No, he's not. We have okay. to, we have okay. talked about this. Okay. Yeah. We talked okay. about the,
0: the web so so our direct booking website um is you'll you'll find this across software, any software, any industries. Uh software developers love to overcomplicate things <laughs> and make things, you know, just Non-user-friendly is the is the default, and you, we we try very extremely hard not to do that and yeah. not build software on top of software on top of software on top of software that um, becomes incredibly challenging and and you know not easy to use. So that that kind of translates especially into any of our guest facing. Yeah. Um, pages. So our direct booking website is extremely clean. There's no links to any other page. You don't yeah. need like people, people are always asking, well, how can I add like this page and that page? You don't need that page. You, you just want to be able to book your property and yeah, um, yeah. that's what we're providing. So having that, um, the way that we think about it is from a conversion perspective and, um, what we build is going to have the highest conversions of a direct booking website that you possibly can. Even if it doesn't have as much, you know,
1: design flexibility as somebody might, might appreciate. Yeah, 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 exactly.
0: Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't, you know, if you want to, the way that I see it um, and the way that I see all products that we provide in uplisting is we will provide you with the starting point. So you don't need to um, think for, six months about building your own website you don't need to invest a hundred thousand dollars into building a perfect website or you know even going to the squarespace route um you can literally launch a direct clicking website right now in yeah. two minutes on uplisting that's what we want to provide then as you find your feet and as you grow and develop you can start building out your own marketing pages with seo and additional content and whatnot and then maybe you kind of become to a size where you're integrating directly with our api and not using our front end whatsoever yeah. um, but it's a journey and it's like all of these functionalities are a journey um so yeah just what we want to do is provide you with a really simple website it's not highly customizable because once you have those things, things break. It's yeah. not responsive. Yeah. It doesn't have a good experience for the, for the user. Um, so yeah, that, that's kind of what we're, we're really, uh, on, I guess, is just making it, uh, simple and bookable
1: yeah dude Pro- i mean props to you guys for to for like taking the time to kind of think through these things and come to those decisions at least right now because i do feel like sometimes uh others in this space are are positioning themselves as like no no no. you you, you don't need squarespace you don't need like don't worry about seo don't worry about like mm. ranking well for these things like just just use our direct booking site like it solves all yeah. your problems and you're like well it, it, it doesn't necessarily it, it could for a certain kind of host right uh and if yeah. you're willing to make that trade-off especially early on it makes a lot of sense but um i, I like how you're you're intentionally not saying like hey if you if you really want to build your brand really if you really care about ranking well for you know lux mm. cabins in the uh in, in in the canadian forest like a hinter might want to to rank for right yeah um they can still use uplisting but maybe they should have a, a front-facing site or front-facing experience for guests that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing
0: yeah it's it's about having our customers um uh best interests really it's, yeah. it's and that's kind of it's it can be counterintuitive for a company who may be trying to uh increase you know uh uh Reduce churn, for example. Um, the more you have somebody bought into your website, the 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 less likely they're to move somewhere else. Yeah. But like, why would we? Why would also any other software try to compete with WordPress, Webflow, Squarespace? Yeah. Um, we're never going to be as good as them. Um, and you're always going to be have a you're you're always going to have a lesser experience on a um a fully you know a full website built on software like UpListing. Uh, yeah. It's just not. That's just the reality of it, and we just need to live with that. And um explain to hosts and our customers what their what their best interest, interests yeah. are and not having all of your uh pages and content and links and everything else on somebody else's software um or on software that you might not be with forever is is not the right it's not the best thing for you yeah ah oh, dude uh, i just grew in respect for you Vinny. this is great <laughs> um so a, a couple
1: final uh, other questions about uploading, and then i want to just get a couple of your thoughts on like hot takes you might have about the like, kind of like, current state of the industry but um how do you guys think about yourselves with respect to your, your competitors? Like I, we talked about guestie for hosts. Um, I would imagine host yeah. away might also be a competitor. Like what, what are, who, who do you guys think, like, who do you consider to be your, your competitors? And, you know, since you're speaking so candidly, what do you, what do you think you guys do really, really well? And then, you know, what are some areas that you think you have opportunity to, to improve in?
0: Yeah. I think that guestie host away. I think, I think, for the most part two very good software providers um nothing um we've we uh we, we can see you know we're, we're at, we gotta first of all let's step, step back ha, over half of our members our new signups and subscribers are coming from other software oh really um, so you can you can very quickly see what software is not good and yeah. what's up for is, is, is okay. Um, so anybody moving from Guesty, and we get, we get quite a lot of business from Guesty. Um, one of the main reasons is just we're, we're fair pricing. Um, so we have like, we've got a few pillars that we can build up listing based on. It's reliability, fair pricing, easy to use. We work as a software partner to a lot of our members, especially the larger ones, and that we're always innovating. So they're like the five things that we're constantly doing. Um, and that's what gets us, um, customers, uh, from our competitors yeah. or from, you know, somebody deciding to use our their software. So guestie, a big reason is, is fair pricing, um, much more affordable to use up the scene with a fairly similar feature set. Um, we don't have everything. Um, we're, you know, slowly getting there, but, uh, uh, for the most part, for most people, I think we're, uh, a, we're a very vi- yeah. viable, okay. um, solution or alternative to guestie, uh, there, there, are certain features like um, that. We're if we're looking at what we're lacking right now, the biggest ones that we're that we're currently working on are accounting and uh, client statements. So a lot mm. of our customers are um, managing properties on behalf of somebody else, and client statements is something that takes literally hours, days for some people on a weekly basis, on, on a monthly basis. So th- that, that functionality that we're building in top of will be um, a huge hit for a lot of our members and put us on very similar footing to guesty host away um and then so the other differences then i think are just usability and um really focusing on uh simple onboarding um, yeah. we don't charge up front for any you know a- a access uplisting whereas others do and a big reason of that is because it's so hard to onboard their software that um they have to you know spend a lot of effort uh doing that we don't do that we offer that all for free and um, there's another reason why Somebody might choose also for somebody else or, or over those over that. And you also, it's not just that first user signing up and the ability. It's like as they're growing, they're adding more staff. It becomes very operationally heavy. Like some of our our members would have 30, 40 um, staff using uplisting. Wow. So it has to be easy to use constantly. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They have to onboard easily, get trained up easily, and uh, continue to use uh, the software. So that, that's
1: another reason. From a, from a software standpoint, um, is there, like, where do you where do you see opportunity in like the short term rental like tech space? Even like, is there a, an app or like a a piece of software that you feel like should exist or should be written? That's just like not right now. And if so, what what is that?
0: Mm, I think there's a lot of innovation in the space. Um, I think there's a lot of things that we can be doing, uh, you know, better. So things that we're looking at are. Um, upsells, for example, within mm. uplisting, um, the ability to have more maybe welcome books and guidebooks within uplisting is something that we're um, planning on in the next uh, you know next couple of quarters. Um, there's there's so much more though that can be done. Like oh, I I almost feel like we're just at the start of where we want to get yeah. to. Um, our vision for uplisting is to be. So we do a lot of op- automation for messaging, um, reviews, cleaning, scheduling. those of these kinds of things that we do. But there's a whole additional level on top of that, which is like insights and um, running your business for you in a lot of ways. Hmm. So we kind of t- we kind of talked about um, uh, direct booking websites and people not knowing how to market how to market them or not, not not even know where to start with them. Yeah. That's across the board and all aspects of the business. Like, it's uh, you'll be surprised to see somebody with 150 properties not understand how to um, do direct marketing, for example, yeah, yeah. Uh, or how to properly um, run reports. You know that kind of thing. It's very common, I think, that uh, there's a lot of education, a lot of understanding. Um, so I think with an uplisting, we want to be able to surface a lot of these insights and explain that maybe changing this will result in that, and you know, measure these things is what we uh, where we see uplisting going.
1: Yeah, yeah. So essentially like helping people do a better job too of like mining their own data and like pulling from it to make, mining their own data, but then also sort of like collective data maybe in their category and then helping mm-hmm. them actualize that and, and turn that yeah. into something that helps them, you know, grow grow their respective business. Uh, yeah. That's lots, great. Lots of opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
0: Thinking about like an example, booking.com, they have, there's a million different ways you can apply discounts, mobile. Um, they have uh, the author, their loyalty one called? I can't remember. Um, yeah. Uh, Country based yes, It's so granular yeah, yeah. being able to build like software, you know, to, to help automate that and not try, you know, test things out and all that kind of stuff I think is uh, um, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Oh, I like that idea. Huh?
1: All right. So, What about just other general hot takes as we, as we wrap here, any, any sort of like strong opinions that you have about kind of the, the short-term rental industry, like as a whole, um, any, anything come to mind, any, anything kind of keep you up at night or do you get like enraged when you see something on, on Twitter that somebody says? And if so, what, what is that?
0: Uh, no, I think I'm very, I don't get enraged. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You're chill. You're relaxed. Yeah, definitely. And um, there's this uh I know we can see a lot of like people complaining about cleaning fees and, and things in Airbnb, um, which uh which can be true, but there's there's such a, a need for Airbnb for so many niche uh, like you know groups and segments that I think it's uh it's it's almost funny to come back up to read those sometimes. It's I find it of quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what you know, what 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 I'm looking at, what we're looking at is um the market is gonna get more saturated. There's gonna be more properties out there. So uh us as hosts really need to think about the brand, um, what our segment is, what our niche is, what are, what, why are we standing out uh, upon, you know, from, uh, the competitor down the road, um, and the direct booking strategy is very, very important as part of that. Uh, I think we're going to see a, um, emerging of traditional hospitality and and short-term rentals in a way that we don't really know what it's going to look like yet. Um, so we have a few things that we're seeing. So. Uh, number one, we have some of our members buying motels and converting them into short-term rentals, which I think is an obvious now. Well, in retrospect, is an obvious kind of next step. Um, you just uh, automate that. You add some smart locks. You make it look really nice. You have some communal, um, maybe a pool or you know hot tub, whatever it is, um, and that that makes so much sense as a short-term rental yeah. um, operation. Um, but you also have uh, some of our members who are going into larger operations like hotels so whereas um i think you know the hotel industry is so advanced um i think it's, it's, it's interesting to me seeing some of our short-term rental operators learn how to run a short-term rental property portfolio and then go into um hotels yeah. and you know automating them and adding again smart locks and things like that i think it's uh, it's an interesting move
1: yeah, no, that'll be that'll be really interesting. Yeah, I was just, just talking to uh, Chad uh, Ludeman, uh, who's from Local Hotel. I don't know if you've heard of them. They're doing something similar. Like started mm-hmm. with Airbnbs, they've uh, bought and kind of like refurbished these uh these hotels and designed them really 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 well these small like mm. r- like I, they're i don't know two three f- story i think maybe like 20 room hotels mm. um and he's really kind of experienced experimenting with a lot of the this stuff too and it's it's working really well um yeah and again he's got a lot of practice um from being a traditional kind of str host and now he's kind of quote unquote graduating um yeah so yeah i, I think that that's a that's a really keen insight
0: yeah. I mentioned our my my family building a guest house in in Donegals at home. Um so that was a is a 16-bed guest house and we converted that into short-term rentals over the past couple of years. Uh, and been able to do things like we rent the entire property out. Uh that's open all year round. Wow. Then we have two sub kind of divisions of the property that rent out, and then we have each individual room rents out on a, on a short-term rental basis. And uh we've built functionality within uplisting to like automate that whole process so your your, your rooms are only opening with like a seven-day window for example and everything's huh. linked together so that one when a full property books the individual rooms are blocked out and so on um but the being able to maximize opportunity for revenue there is is really something that i haven't seen before in um you know the traditional hospitality space uh, and just the from my parents perspective the amount of money they save on overheads from like um, not having to do breakfast and uh be on hand yeah. at all times yeah. Yeah. The property like they're kind of you know retirement age they're looking to wind down a little bit but they're they're now making the same money through short-term rentals but with 80 percent less work
1: yeah yeah it was funny a uh, lot last little comment on this too. chad was mentioning how one of the one of the difficult things and i think that this is a gap that needs to be solved you know uh closed and or just problems that some smart person needs to figure out is like with consumer expectations when you they, they have people like that will book through like booking.com for one of their hotel mm-hmm. rooms and they show up and like, there's no like lobby, right? Like there's no like, yeah. there's no like, there's no concierge. Right. And I think, and so he he'll get like emails or DMS from people being be like, wait, what is this? You know, I, I don't understand. And then, you know, they've got mm-hmm. their smart lock thing. And I, I still think the minute you throw a hotel and not Airbnb people still right now, like have this like different expectation, yeah. but it'll be yeah. interesting to see how that evolves in the coming years.
0: Yeah, I think that's just a bit of that will all become normal yeah, um, over yeah. time. Yeah.
1: Wow. Well, dude, this has been a, a real treat. I really appreciate you taking time to share a little bit of your story with us, share a little bit about uplisting, what you all are building. For for folks that want to uh you know, become an uplisting customer and or just learn a
0: little bit more about your all's products, uh, what's yep. where's the best place for them to go? Yeah, so our website is www.uplisting.io. And uh, I'm on Twitter and my surname or my, my handle is my surname, which is at Breslin. i um, more than happy to you know, have a conversation there, but, uh, thank you so much for having me on Zach. It's been uh, been a pleasure.
1: No, this is wonderful, man. So we will also go ahead and include those links in the show notes below. So if you're listening to this conversation and want to learn a little bit more about uplisting, uh, just scroll on down and we'll have the website linked below as well as Vinny's Twitter handle. All right, man. Appreciate your time. Um, best of luck as you guys continue to grow and looking forward to staying in touch.
0: Yeah. Hopefully see you, uh, sometime soon.
1: Okay, that was kind of weird, but um, we're going to roll with it. Subscribe, um, and thanks in advance. All right, everyone, see you next time.